Hey, welcome to the Little Better Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. And this week is the very first week of 2022 on the A Little Better Podcast. We have a special guest, our Executive Director of Student Ministry uh, here at Northridge Church, Connell Christensen, who gave our talk this past Sunday on a year of lament. In this week's episode, we talk all about Connell a little bit in the front. Uh, in the middle, we talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions. Should Christians even do them at all? What about goals? How do we set uh, ourselves up for success moving into this next year? And even some highs and lows personally for each one of us on the podcast uh, over 2021. And then we dive into the last half of uh, the talk on how to do lament well in this next year. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to the Little Better Podcast, first episode of 2022. We survived. We did it. We did it. Come on. <laughs> right? Rough Come one. On. Rough right. one. Yeah. You may have heard a new voice or seen a new face, depending on if you're watching or listening. Uh, we have our executive director of student ministry uh, here at Northridge. We, Brad is also our sound effects machine. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll do a little. We're low budget. So, um, <laughs> but I'm just, yeah. I'm just here to get a little better. If you know what I mean? <laughs> Love it. I love it. So uh, we have Connell with us who gave the talk this past Sunday, uh, first one of the new year, also Youth Pastor Sunday, as it's affectionately known, right? Set a high bar. Nice right. nice way to start the year. Thank you. Kicked it off it well. Um, and so tell us a little bit about yourself, Connell. How long have you been on staff at Northridge? We'll start with that. Yeah, I've been here on staff, I think it's just over two years now. It feels longer because my parents attended Northridge uh, when I was in high school. And then I came back and was at our, uh, formerly our Greece campus right. uh, before mm-hmm. even jumping on staff. So it feels longer, but it's been just me, over two years. Let me see if I can do your roles evolution, okay? So I, I've only been here almost two years. So two months, it'll be two years. Mm. Shout out. So um, so you, you start as the Greece Connections Director, yep. right? And then you evolved to pastoral intern. Yep. All right. And then you were Webster Student Ministry Director. Yep. And then I talked you into leaving the Greece role and coming on to kids ministry with the other 10 hours for Webster Elementary Director. And then when you just got into a new role of the Executive Director of Student Ministry, right? I think you nailed that. Bang! Everything. Let's go. This is <laughs> a great episode. It's hard to know what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming for you. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so that was good. Um, okay, well, tell us a little bit. You talked about your family, told a story about your dad. Um, what What is the rest of your family? What's the rest of your family, immediate family, look like? Yeah, uh, family of four, my mom, my dad. I did have a couple people ask me, did your dad make it? Brad asked me that I before. I asked it this morning um, yeah, before the which, family. Should uh, I ask that on the podcast? Yeah. No, like, yeah. You can, you can. There, that, was, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to leave some tension. Yeah. People feeling like... Nailed it. Yeah, what what happened? <laughs> um, could there. not sleep. My dad... Brad hasn't sleep since. My dad is with me, praise God. Uh, mm-hmm. It turned out to be a lung infection, so they did months and months of, of tests, and it ended up being a, a lung infe- infection caused by bird and bat droppings. 
like a really weird fungal infection. He'd like inhaled from cleaning out gutters and cleaning out our hot tub. Sorry, really? so I was about to ask, how did yeah, that how do you, how get do you ingested? Get that? Wow. Um, but so it was about a year recovery from this uh, pretty significant fungal infection. Um, but he's with us, my mom, my dad, and then my sister, who's... Uh, only 14 months younger than me, so we're really, really tight, really close. So, mm-hmm. 14 months. You know, speaking of a close window, um, we just that? we just had yeah. our second born, uh, which Brad was asking me before the podcast. They're 16 months apart. So, um, 16 months, 14 months. My brother and I are 17 months apart. Yeah. Oh wow, look at it's that. Good. I like that. Yeah, That's a good. Yeah, good just iteration. just one year of difference in school. Yep, for exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of tight. And then our kids, we did on a schedule every two years. So four <laughs> kids. They did some great years. family planning. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> all right, now it's time. So. All right, keep moving on. All right, tell us a little about your education background. Like, uh, where'd you go to high school? Because uh, you're in the area. Uh, nobody cares about where I or Brad went to high school because it's nowhere mm-hmm. close. So, <laughs> yeah, so I went by to you, Connell. <laughs> <laughs> I went to high school at a local school called Lima Christian School. Uh, it's kind of out in the oh. boon- out in the boonies a little mm-hmm. bit in Lima, but... Yeah, I loved Lima Christian School. Shout out to Lima Christian School. Um, and then I got my, I have my four-year bachelor's degree in pastoral ministry from Clark Summit University, mm-hmm. which was formerly uh, Baptist Bible College. A couple of the guys on staff have well, their degree from there. Right. Yeah, so yeah. planning on going back to seminary here this year. This so, fall, right? Yeah, this You're fall. This fall? Yeah, I'm That's looking nice. forward That's to exciting. it. exciting. Wow. All right. Uh, tell us your favorite. So I have three favorites. Uh, favorite coffee. Favorite place to eat or just food in general, and then favorite flavor of ice cream if you like ice oh, cream. Oh man, just you're testing me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, favorite coffee? It. I, I'm pretty. <laughs> I like Starbucks. I love <laughs> Starbucks. I know. Um, there's also a local coffee shop here in Rochester called Was Matilda. Now it's called Mellow. That's oh, my favorite. They've cha- they've they changed, they again? changed their name. Really? Again? They used to be Starry Nights. I think. Yes. They used oh, to be that Star- place. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> See, do. Brad- I haven't OG been there since here. they changed their name. Yeah, yeah. there were so many nights last time I was there. If you're they in Rochester, yeah. you, you can find me at Mellow. I yeah. love, I wow. love, wow. Do they love still Mellow have coffee. The Van Gogh mural up on the wall? No, they're they're always changing their okay. artwork. Yeah, but it's right. pretty cool. Shop. They don't even know what they want to be. They have they different don't. names. <laughs> their coffee's good. That's what matters. <laughs> they have a good coffee. That's what, good coffee. What was the second question? Uh, uh, favorite like food or place to eat. Favorite food we'll or do place local. to eat? Or just in town. Oh, man. Chipotle, probably. We, <laughs> we can give you the right answer if you don't have it. I don't know if I have a favorite. Give me the right answer. <laughs> what, what, what's your favorite, Brad? My, uh, Pat's Coffee Mug is this hole-in-the-wall, oh. cash-only diner on South wow. Clinton. Dude. And I shouldn't broadcast this on the internet because it's a great secret. But uh, I love... Even the coffee there was good, uh, but uh, cheap... Plentiful, delicious breakfast. Pat's coffee mug. Okay, nice. it's, it's a great place looking. to meet up too. I, I'll see other Northridge staff New diner meeting yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Dave Bame, our, our pastor of care, always takes me to Sam's Diner here in Arundelquay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like. Yeah. Maybe I like, it'll compete. We'll see. I like Ridge. I like Ridge. East Ridge Road Diner. Yes. yes. Steve's Diner. You yeah. can look around. I love diners. You yeah. look around these places and you'll see Northridge staff. Yeah, right. <laughs> up with people. Good old yes. diners. All right. And then ice cream. What's your last favorite? Uh, cookie dough. Okay. Really? Yeah. That was, that was the only one you knew the answer to. Yeah. Wow. That one I'm Confidence. convinced. Cookie right. dough. Confidence. You ready for this last question before we dive into some sermon discussion? What's one quality in a wife you're looking for? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Next question. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> you're not going to answer it? Oh, man, on. I... One quality. Okay, I'll, I'll answer okay. it. I'll answer it. <laughs> I just want her to be on fire for the Lord. 
Okay. I know that's a cliche answer. It is. But that's If you're on fire for the Lord and you're single and you're a female, please write into our show. Connell is taking resumes. Just trying to get a little better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you opened up the message this past um, Sunday of, about like New Year. Obviously, it was the best way to open it because it was literally January 2nd. Um, what, what has been some highs and lows from this past year, either you personally or just thinking about Northridge or church uh, in general, like just reflecting on this past year? I know a lot of people and even faith practices um, but the week between leading up to the new year, the last week of the year, they, they spend that time reflecting. Um, I don't know if you guys did that personally or not or in your families, but I'd love to hear, like, what were some highs and lows uh, for you guys for this past year? Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll start with lows because, um, you know, end on a higher note. But, yeah. uh, you know, the lows, I mean, it was obviously a tough year for a lot of people. We kicked off the year Karen's mom passed in January mm. and she was 85, but, um, it, you know, she really wanted to go home to be with the Lord, you know, so it's awesome for her, of course, just sad for her and the husband she left behind. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, we just had beyond for three weeks, you know, and they were fantastic. So if people haven't heard those previous yeah. podcast episodes, right. you know, Josh Horn and Michelle, you know, kicked it, you know, you know, Hit it out of the park. That was that was great. But but on that, for me, some of the I'm just just all the news we had to go through in this country, of course. But you know, I think about uh, it's 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 messed with me, and just trying to think with me about. So beyond is great. Beyond is a place to think about how to respond to the the hurt and the suffering in the world. But the polarization racially, the polarization economically. You know, there's just people who are really suffering economically, and people are doing really well economically in this country. And I'm. You know, so Karen and I've been thinking about that. That's on the that's on the on the low end. I'm sorry, I got so heavy and no, deep you did. All it was a, a good transition. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I resonate with Brad. I think I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of division, which was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, as a sports fan, I had to watch the Yankees lose to the Red Sox oh. in the wild card game. That was brutal. Okay, so just to bring some light <laughs> comic relief. Yeah. Okay, that's one of my buddies who uh, is back in Arkansas posted probably the best meme I've seen this year. Right, so it's been a short year. So, um, but he said the time time is a crazy thing, and it was like it was like it was like four hours before. Whatever, whatever that hour gap is where Australia is, like, already in the new year. Yeah. Right? And uh-huh. so it was, like, Australia's in 2022. Um, I'm in 2021. Yankees fans are in 2009. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. I was like, that is the funniest meme yeah. I've seen in yeah. a long time. It so. hurts. But, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, there was a lot of divide in mm-hmm. our culture, which it's, was hard. It's tough. I think that's why... You know, to to flip things on a positive note, like mm-hmm. why I'm so thankful for Northridge. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's so much unity, so much family-like uh, environment at our church that mm-hmm. I'm thankful that amidst a hard year of a lot of division, I felt like we came together, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for our family personally, obviously, um, it still feels like we're in a a, a shock of like moving across the country, and in a lot of ways, uh, we. I talk to people pretty often that they always ask me like, what's it like living in the South and fill in the blank response. Or I'll have people like, like Brad who like has family members from the South Alabama, or, yeah. uh, or there's people out in Webster, kind of the same thing. I think of like some of the security guys who always chop it up in the lobby, like in the service that I'm uh, mm-hmm. doing it. Um, so, but 
uh, it feels in a lot of ways that we still move to a different country because just the yeah. culturally, it's just yeah. so different. Um, but in, in our family, what's kind of made that hard um, is we. I'm kind of on the younger side of our family. My dad was the youngest of seven. Um, so his oldest brother, who is living, passed away this year. I just had an, another great uncle pass away mm-hmm. last week. Um, and and those weren't shocks, obviously, because those men were up in their um, 80s, 90s. And so um, my only one was my Uncle Jerry, who passed away earlier, was like, literally crazy just God story in the sense of never walked with the Lord um, and then like was saved and baptized in January and then like died in February. Wow. Like it was like, but it was like his yeah. plateau and, and decline was like almost like wow. the next week diagnosed with like brain cancer and just like plummeted. It was, it was a very wild um, thing. That, that happened in our family, yeah. but, um, yeah, but just there, there's been a lot of loss. Like, I feel like everyone can mm-hmm. talk about the loss. I mean, sure. we could listen to listeners who are tuned in the podcast and like think about the, the lows that they, mm-hmm. um, have been through, but then there's also a lot of, a lot of positives, uh, share one, um, highlight from this past year. You know, for me, it was interesting. I mean, kind of the flip side of it, you know, so the second year of the pandemic. I mean, I think New Year's last year, we thought, phew, 2021's over. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, 2020 was over, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it was 2021 wasn't, <laughs> was more the same. But the the flip side of it was working remotely. I remember um, when the pandemic started, you know, my company said, well, when it looks like we won't require people to come back until it looks like 2019 again, and it's never going to look like 2019 <laughs> <That's right>. again. <laughs> You're like, oh. And I have not been back to work. It's been remote all this time. But this is, it's been a remote year um, at home, alone with a wife I love and just got to spend a lot more time with. So yeah. she loves it. She's more of an introvert, a homebody. So she, it's no problem for her. But for us, we just, got to spend so much time yeah. together and uh, do little weekend trips and, and the rest, but just the time, the time with her, it was, it was very sweet for our marriage. Hmm. Yeah, there were a couple of, of cool wins. I think the biggest one was in October, we took our students up to Saranac for yeah. a weekend retreat. Uh, Saranac Lake, just beautiful up there during the fall, and just to be able to hang out with students, grow in our faith together, mm-hmm. and be in such a beautiful area was was really, really fun. And mm-hmm. got to take, Daniel, you were on the trip with us. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to take a couple staff members and some volunteers, and we just had a blast. It was a great weekend yeah. in October with the students. So yeah, I was there in October as moral support and also as my child's babysitter. Because my right. wife's a small group leader. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> uh, he loved it. So he was, like, running all over that place. Um, I think a highlight for us is kind of, like, just jumping all over the map is is Northridge um, as, as a church, as a highlight of just being a part of church that's desiring to be more and better and be a place that feels like home and, and family um, where we, my wife and I, we're in a scenario where we live the closest family member we have is, I don't know, 17 hours away, like blood yeah. relationship. Um, but, you know, the new venture that we've been on, like as our family is growing, um, is to try to figure out how to do family like as a team um, and not like a team sport and raising kids as a team sport and not just be mm-hmm. like, okay, I go to work and then my wife stays at home with the boys are two boys now and she figures it out all day. And then I figure it out when we get home and, and we trade off, but we're trying to really venture like, okay, how can, how can we do this as a team? And I love that we have like 
Um, you know, a lot of companies out there that have flexible work schedules of like working from home, like you shared, Brad, mm-hmm. like, and we do that, you know, a few days a week, a few days a week we're in the office and that, and that just makes it available where, um, hopefully is that's in the future where my kids don't just see me like when at five o'clock hits, um, it's and, a changing world. Yeah. And, and I, I really hope it's, you know, that aspect of it and some professions mm-hmm. are there. To stay, there, there's a great book that I literally just finished up last night called "Take Back Your Family" uh, mm-hmm. by Jefferson Bethke, and he talks about kind of this dynamic of family as a team, and um, he he walks through socially like the nuclear family and like all these other models of family through the ages, mm-hmm. um, and so so it's just really interesting of uh, of that, but that's been a, a highlight. It's been a learning curve for us because obviously our first son was born in 2020, so we're like. Right, and we're new. We are new as new. We still got the new car smell on us, and it smells like right. baby vomit um, and diapers. <laughs> and so, uh, so we're really trying to figure that. Out, but that's really been a highlight and a blessing to our family as it as we're growing. So, I love it. Nice. Uh, and you open. So, the next question as we transition more into your your talk, you opened with, uh, "I don't want to give you another New Year, New You sermon." So, should Christians even do New Year's resolutions? Were you saying that? Is that what you were saying? You saying yes. the heck with that? Like, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't saying that. I, uh, I'm all for New Year's resolutions, New Year goals. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you for actually doing the goals? So I, yeah, right. <laughs> and, I hope this is the most divisive question that we've asked. Like, um, this one right here. I just feel like New Year goals, aspirations, dreams, whatever you want to call them. I just feel like, and I mentioned this in my talk on Sunday. They, they seem like just one-month facades. Yeah. Like one month, let's put on a facade, yep. and then February rolls around, and it's like everything's wiped away. So I have nothing. I think New Year goals are great. Like mm-hmm. stick yeah. to them, get them done, do some as a family, uh, do some with your friends, keep each other accountable. Uh, I've got nothing nothing against New Year goals, and, and I have things written out that like I have annual goals that I want to accomplish, whether that's right. in my personal life in my professional life, in my family life. Um, so yeah, I totally love new year goals, do them. Um, my desire was just, let's not let this year just be another one month facade where Mm. we put on these fake goals Mm. and then February is the same old me. Like let's deal with some of the stuff that Mm, is really within us. Um, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like people were, needed to hear it and we're encouraged to hear it because sometimes we can, we can suppress those things that we're really, really dealing with. That's so, good. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. I just want to say that I appreciate so much, you know, the message you brought. So a couple things. One was I was sitting next to a, you know, I mentioned uh, Karen's mom passing while I was yeah. sitting with her husband mm. who's 90 years old yesterday at the end of the sermon. He just turned to me and said, that was a really good job. Mm. So you young buck, there was a lot of <laughs> old bucks who very much That's appreciated good. and thought, I don't think we were quite that wise at that age. Mm. So thank you, you know, uh, for bringing that. But what surprised me and I appreciated was, I I can't imagine, I can't, can't remember ever someone kicking off the new year with lamentations. Mm. So, and, but, but as you say, and especially with what's going on here, to, you know, it's not just all about the future. It's just not all about, you know, let's go. But, hey, what, what is it, you know, that's in our lives right now that, that God's, God wants us to deal with, yeah. wants mm-hmm. us to digest? Yeah. Is, um, yeah. So I appreciate 
that. It was a surprise, but I thought very apropos. Thanks, Brad. Applicable. Applicable. <laughs> One of those I words. Know. I don't know. <laughs> we're not a dictionary. Uh, and so I think, Connell, what you were saying is uh, about New Year's goals, I'll tie this in together, is the reason that a lot of people, they're they're the same old them in February is it's a struggle of like setting up a system or yeah. how do I continually come back to these goals or this mission, you know, statement or what, whatever that is. Like for our family, we don't do um, necessarily like new New Year's goals every year. We're, we're working this process. We started it last year of like trying to write a family mission statement of like, I love that. Um, and then cool. trying to set up like, okay, what, what does our family value and like these pillars and a lot of the resources we have, it says it takes like three years for you, like really working at this to actually even get into a rhythm of mm-hmm. like as a family, which we're trying to like, we're in year two, like we're starting year two of that of like, okay, okay what are our family pillars? What are our family rituals? What are our family? Like mm-hmm. all these things, like we're starting kind of all this new stuff. Like uh, our, our first son was you know, um, about 15 months old when Christmas hit. And so this is kind of the first Christmas and he's just now starting to like even sit through a full book, you know, like, and I'm talking a kid's book. I'm not talking like we're reading Narnia or anything like, but, and so like we're setting up these like, like systematic theology or something. Yeah. He's he's starting Greek next year. So it's fine. Uh, but just kidding. But, um, is they don't have a system in place in order to like, Oh yeah, I did say that was my, my goal. Um, so the question is talking about lament or lamentations is how do you make this a, a normal rhythm of your life to lament something that, that did have an impact on your soul that when it's not just like my mom passed away or my dad gets cancer or, you know, this tragic, this, this massive tragedy that basically puts you, put the brakes on in your life where it could be small things that you need to, you know, really work through like how do you do that yeah it's a great question um you know the first step of lament that we walked through on sunday is just to turn to god in prayer mm-hmm. and i think whether you're facing a, a big scare or you're just wrestling with the day-to-day life mm-hmm. it's important to to bring god into everyday life mm-hmm. And it can be as simple as that. Like, just develop a habit of prayer. Turn to God regularly in prayer. You might think what you're dealing with right now is is small. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is just a day-to-day thing, but that's big for you. It could yeah. be, like, that's big for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so turn to God in prayer. Turn to God. Run to Him. Talk to Him about what you're, what you're dealing with in your life. Just start with that. Mm. Just start to let God into every aspect of your life, whether it's big, small, whatever you want to call it, but just turn to God in prayer. I think that's that's an easy, maybe it's a hard first step for you, yeah. but start making that a habit in your life is just to turn to God in prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what you were talking about, some of the resistance to that, you know, where it was, um, well, I, why tell God what's on my heart? He knows already, yeah. or no one, no one likes a complainer, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and those, those, those those resistances there, but then, yeah, to follow the pattern of, of Psalms, you know, mm. limitations or whatever, you mentioned that as well. Yeah. It's just God, he's, he can handle it, and he, he, he wants us to walk that path, yeah. Yeah. For, for you guys that want to be more practical um, or just think about, if you're a reader on listening in, I, I'll give you guys a book recommendation too. I'm like halfway through it right now, um, and so it's called Take Back Your Life. Uh, it's a very 
unorthodox spiritual disciplines. Like it's like habits or rhythms or rituals to like um, let the sacred break through. I think that's like the tagline in the book. Um, And it's super practical little things. But if you're not a reader, there's an app on that you can actually download called the one minute pause Hmm. um, that you can get. And I have it set up on my phone and I'm like, I still struggle, like, and I got it, I actually downloaded it, like, four months ago, and I'm still struggling on it, but you set two timers that, like, basically go off um, inside the app, and you open it up, and it has, like, um, just somber music playing, and it, and it reads scripture over, like, in your AirPods, whatever you want to do, or just, like, it's a reminder, take a one-minute pause right now. Um, It's neat. Or there's a simple prayer that you can pray. Um, as I was, I started reading the book yesterday, um, and the first chapter was called the one minute pause and he kind of breaks it down even further, um, in the book. And he, the prayer is simply Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And he, he was talking about this just simple prayer. And he Mm. says, I pray that until I feel my heart starting to believe it. Mm. Um, so sometimes it takes a minute, sometimes it takes longer. And, and he says, he says in the book, he says, the Holy Spirit in those moments seems to remind me of the things that I'm not letting go of. And so he says, Jesus, I give, and then in, fill in the blank, to you. So which book? This is Take Back Your it's Life? It's called Take Back Your Life. Okay. And so it's simply uh, John Eldridge. So he okay. wrote uh, Wild at Heart, which was a popular oh, book okay, like in yeah. the early oh, that guy. Two, yeah. Two, yeah, 2010s. <laughs> so it, 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 he's controversial. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. He's yeah, controversial yeah. In, yeah. in methods and, and orthopraxy and all those things like that. Yeah. But I will say but like... But you found some useful stuff in there. Yeah, in Take Back Your Life, he, it's simple practices. Uh, he talks about looking for the beauty in nature. Mm-hmm. He talks about how our phones are changing our brains. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, like just a lot of those things in this book um, are, are like... Oh, like that could actually be very impactful on my my heart and in, in my soul and my spiritual walk with Christ. Um, to to actually be present enough to know when something has had an impact on me um, mm-hmm. and my heart. Because um, I think that's a lot of things is we distract ourselves, mm-hmm. and when we get so distracted, and then we just have all this grief built up until we. <clears throat> Until yeah. we turn, yeah. we we eventually explode, or we eventually turn to somebody and complain. Because point number two, why? This is my next question for you. Why is complaining to God the next step? Hmm. Yeah. First, I'll go back to what I said on Sunday, and then I'll offer something else. Um, I mentioned you know no one likes a complainer. You know, no yeah. one wants to hear uh, a complainer <laughs> in your ear. No one likes that. Mm-hmm. But. I, th- I think what we tend to do is no one likes a complainer, yes, so we don't want to complain. We feel like what Brad's saying earlier mm-hmm. of like, God knows what's on my heart. Yeah. Why do I have to tell him? God knows the desires of my heart. Why do I have to tell him? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I mentioned biblical complaint in my talk on Sunday. I think when we go to God complaining based on what the Bible says of who mm-hmm. he is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another thing that's hard is complaining in a biblical way is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And we don't like to get vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to get vulnerable. But it's in moments of vulnerability with the Lord Mm -hmm. that things start to change, Mm -hmm. right? God starts to draw really, really close. He starts to whisper, right? God God speaks Mm -hmm. in a whisper because he wants us close. Mm -hmm. And so... 
I think the next step of complaint, turn to God in prayer and then pray and complain is a little bit about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Like, can we get vulnerable with God? Yes, Mm -hmm. he knows what's on our heart. Mm -hmm. Yes, he knows the desires of our heart, but he wants to have a conversation with us. He wants Mm -hmm. us to draw close so that he can whisper. And so I think turning to God and praying and complaining in a biblical way is about getting vulnerable and getting close to the Lord. Mm. So I'll jump in. Um, You know, I'm not super versed in the Psalter, but um, in Psalm 3, it's the famous passage where it says at the end, God, like, break the teeth of my enemies, somewhere in there. Imprecation. Um, Yeah, the implication is... Imprecation. Imprecatory Psalms. Yeah, sorry, imprecatory Psalms. So it's like one of those, like, come against my enemy... And I've heard a lot of Christians say, like, well, how can how can that be in the Bible? Because, like, you get to Jesus, and he's over here, like, turn the other cheek, you know, don't mm-hmm. strike anyone, like, don't be physically harmful. Like, Jesus seems to be almost like a pacifist. Um, and we have the Psalms that are all, all these imprecatory Psalms where it's like, crush them, kill them, go get them. <laughs> and um, I was reading a commentary when I was studying for a preaching a message on Psalm 3. I want you to answer this. <clears throat> okay. Because I I read through the Bible, you know, try to read through the Bible each year, and I did this, you know, last year as well, and this is the part of the Bible that I am most uncomfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely most uncomfortable with. Um, there's just, yeah, crazy. What I think of in my modern mind is crazy stuff. So yeah. please solve this for okay. me. Okay, I, I don't know if I'm going to solve it, but I, I do feel like that there was some truth in, um, and I can't even cite who the author was in this, so just this will be gold for me. All right, just just kidding. But um, but there was a context in Psalms 3 where uh, when bringing this text out to bear in Psalm 3 where the, the author of this commentary said, could it be, and I'll just say, could it be? I won't say this is gospel truth of this, mm-hmm. but could it be that David runs to God and tells God to break the teeth of his enemy so he won't? So he, being David, oh. won't mm-hmm. go and break the mm-hmm. teeth of his enemy. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of every matter is, is like nobody likes a complainer. But as my grandma used to say, uh, uh, complaints are like armpits. They all stink and everybody's got them, right? And so <laughs> that's the, a beautiful the, the quote. Truth, wow. The truth is, <laughs> that's right, grandma, shout out. Uh, but because the, the truth of the matter is, no, nobody likes a complainer. But there are things that happen to us in our lives that really do a work on us, that, yeah. that we, our soul wasn't meant to bear. And mm-hmm. what I mean by bear is to carry around with our entire lives. Right. And mm-hmm. there's so That's many good. Christians that do that. Like they, They'll have things that impact them or hurt them, and they just walk around with it. They're walking around with wounds they got in their teenage years, and they're in their 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and it's impacting all their relationships, and they don't really know why. Or, or just they've been walking around with it for six months or a year, and they, they're, they're like, well, I can't talk about that, or I, don't, I can't deal with that because X, Y, and Z. Um, mm-hmm. But God says, come to me. Jesus even says, like, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Yeah. Um, and, and and complain to me. You know, I, I tried to talk Connell into calling this message "How to Complain to God," um, <laughs> but he didn't do it. He, it's a year of lament. So I just loved that, the that flow was like a, of yeah. a year of lament. Or like yeah. how to complain to God, or like something like that. I was like, dude, that'll be so clickbait. Do it, do it. And yeah. so, um, but he didn't do it. So, but I think that's the truth. The matter, like, I think the reason it's turn to God in prayer. But also, let's get really specific. Complain, like speak your like honest truth of how you're feeling and what this experience is, but doing it in a biblical sense of 
yeah. go to those Psalms and and read the emotion mm-hmm. in you know Psalm three when somebody's sure. wrong, you like break their teeth, God. Like mm-hmm. because the the truth of the matter is is it'll it'll come out somewhere. It's gonna come out like that feeling that damage to you. It will come out somewhere in your life. But there's only one context that it could come out and that encounter actually change you. And that's in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the presence of yeah, God yeah. and that's like welling up and and you're letting it flow, like honestly, in God's presence, that could change. Like you could really be changed in that situation. But just blowing up on somebody you care about and love, not saying you don't care about and love God, but like your coworker or your your spouse or your kid or your friend and like just social media just ranting to them using Facebook as your personal journal <laughs> like um like <laughs> like doing all those other things maybe it feels good like oh that's so good to get off my chest but it's like okay what did that what benefit did that do and and maybe a you know a a counselor could tell me what benefit that would do um but I would just say like as a you know as a pastor I would just say like I think going to God in that context. Yeah. He, he's the one who has the potential that produces real lasting change in our lives. Um, yeah, one resistance for me, I know, in, in doing that is I always, I, I compare myself to others, right? And yeah. I have like grandparents who survived the depression or we yeah. hear about people yeah. who are victims of sex trafficking. We just say, hey, my, I, I shouldn't complain Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because my problems just don't compare. I mean, I'm, I'm, you feel a, like you're talking to I'm like a you're... whiny first world, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, so... I and you see people around you not complaining, right? Or not mm-hmm. sharing or not being vulnerable. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's just like suck it up, dude. You know, um, this you shouldn't you but to pro but we need to process it before God. No, but I then, think that's you, a good point. You just brought up a great point, Brad. And the but I think the thing about it is is we we are constantly we're conditioned in this mindset of like we have unlimited access, it feels like, to everyone's life because of social media. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, look at them. I know what they've been through, and look at how they're putting on this front on social media. Right. Well, I should just be okay. Yeah. I should be okay with this. Mm-hmm. But when it, when in time of history has anybody had access like that to anyone else's life? Like That's <laughs> never been the case of that. The only time that you you had that is you knew fill in the blank personally and you saw them at the local grocery store or you saw them at church or you saw them in the workplace mm-hmm. and that's the only you know as as the level they let you in that's the level you knew about them you, they didn't have a place where they just posted everything about their life all the time and yeah. and then you were able to to compare apples to apples sure. honestly and say well look at their life you know they mm-hmm. posted about their mom's funeral 3 months ago and now look at them it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know if that's super healthy for us to go there. But everyone does go there. Yeah. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. Obscene and, I mean, obscene amounts of uh, sharing, but it's very inauthentic and it's very yeah. filtered, you know. So, yeah, just to have, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, true friends that you can share and really. I think a lot with. of people deal with, well, look at their situation mm-hmm. or look at, Man, these people fought in World War II, and I just have first world problems, like mm. you said. Right. I think a lot of people do deal with that. And in the book that I reference in the in the sermon, I'm going to read this Dark- quote, and then you can you can uh, I'll read the quote from the book. Okay, go ahead, and uh, and then you can comment on it. Okay, uh, Mark, however you say his last name, Vrogop, Vrogop. Which fun <laughs> fact, his son interned at Northridge. Yeah, true. 
No, Fun Jeremiah of Rogop. I was not here when he did. Uh, I must have somebody been. Somebody else. Somebody else told I've us. I've been that. here over not fifty a, years. I, I yeah, must yeah, you have. were here. You were here, man. <laughs> you, you had to be here. Uh, so, anyways, but he wrote. He wrote this book, right? Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah, Mark he, Rogop wrote Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. So we have a small connection wow. uh, to there. So this is the quote from the book: We complain based on the belief in who God is and what He can do. Yeah. Mm. So good. My drop. We, we have to um, pause and think about that. Yeah, like, you wow. got to work that out in your head. Yeah, to, to add to what I was saying, though, mm-hmm. about people feeling like they compare their suffering to other people, mm-hmm. and if it's less than other people's suffering, mm-hmm. they, they just go, okay, I'm putting my head down. I'm going through this because I can't complain. Right. But what's important, I think, to get back to turning to God in prayer is don't compare your, don't compare your situation to someone else. Use your situation, use your life as a beacon to run back to God and not mm-hmm. to medicate with other things mm-hmm. like relationships or food or drugs or mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Turn to God, run to him and pray. And in the book, uh, he has a, a small section on not comparing your suffering oh. to others. That's, that's good. Another uh, plug so there's the another book. plug. Mark yeah. Rogat, man, you're the man. Yeah, shout out. If you ever listen to this. <laughs> yeah, but because I think another thing too is like <clears throat> why it should be a, a habitual rhythm in our life of running to God, complaining to him. Plug that next to him, series too, Daniel. Um, Plug that next boldly. Series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like asking boldly, trusting in God, like all those things like that is because when we do those things well and in a rhythm, we our soul develops a a heavier mass, a heavier weight, where we're able to take different smaller things that used to like wreck you or wreck your day, or make you be more short-tempered and, like, go off the handle. And they don't affect you like they used to because you're, you're like, I have a different vision and focus for my life. But then when those other things do happen that really impact you, you have this rhythm set up in your life where it's like, I know what my next thing is. I'm not turning to food. I'm not turning to, like, I just got to binge watch Netflix because I need to forget about this. Or I'm turning to a substance. I'm not doing that. It's like, I'm, I need more time, mm-hmm. you know. I need more time with Jesus. Like, I need to skip my lunch break of eating, and I, I just want to get in God's Word today because, like, this, I, I need this, or whatever the case would be. You hit, set that rhythm up in your life so that when those things happen in our lives, we know where to go. We, we already have that well-worn path, uh, which plugs our next series, which you jokingly said. Uh, I'm going to add something really, really quick. Habits for Change, which is coming yeah. next Sunday. No, I was going to say, I mean, I think we, you talked earlier about goals and resolutions and how ineffective they can be. They're useless. Goals are useless without habits. Mm. I mean, that's the transition to... Habits for change, baby. Baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, things like relationships, food, we talked about media, drugs, substances. A lot of those things aren't bad things. I'm not saying, like, do not, do not, but... They're bad coping mechanisms. Yes, they're bad coping mechanisms, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So yeah. just wanted to clarify that. Awesome. They're, they're not ultimates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this has been a great conversation. The last two steps are in Connell's message, but one of them we did an entire series on uh, called Against All Odds, talking about trust. So turn to that series if you want further resources. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this week's episode of A Little Better. We're wishing you a fantastic 2022, and we hope that every time something negative happens in your life that you'll learn to turn to God, complain, ask boldly, and trust in Him for the ultimate. Uh, We can't wait to see all God does at Northridge and on a little better podcast.